This is an inaugural podcast of the Synergia Foundation and we present Bangladeshi Nobel laureate Dr. Muhammad Yunus. Dr. Yunus spoke and interacted with an invited audience in Bangalore at the foundation office and as one would expect spoke about the Grameen Bank that he founded and his lifetime work with microcredit. But there was one other issue that was a recurring subject of his talk and something about which Dr. Yunus spoke with deep concern and urgency. It was about inequal distribution of wealth and its concentration in the hands of very few individuals. The banker of the poor, as Dr. Yunus is popularly known, revealed an astonishing statistic. He said, as of today, about eight people own more wealth than the bottom 50% of the world. He wondered if this humongous inequality had led to the rise of the alternative right or alt-right across the globe. Because the alt-right essentially exploits the frustration and poverty of the masses. In the same breath, he spoke about the world's rigged financial system, about growing unemployment, about jobs converting people into little robos, and of course, about Donald Trump. When it came to Trump, he very significantly said, one man can't change the world and we shouldn't allow him to. That was both hope and resistance. We are sure that you will not only listen and engage with this Synergia podcast which has been produced with help from Suno, but will also generously share it with your friends. Well, I was surprised that uh, so many distinguished people are waiting here. Uh, I thought I was just visiting an office. So, uh, see some people who are working here in the foundation. Uh, it's my privilege and honor to meet you. And only thing I can just uh, briefly uh, uh, brief you on the work that uh, we are involved with. Uh, one is, of course, microfinance from which it began, but it's kind of uh, spread into many other directions. Uh, and I'll just quickly give us summary of what we do. One problem that we kind of uh, bring forward again and again, uh, because that's a very worrying problem that we have all around the world, is the concentration of wealth. Uh, it's getting worse every year. Last year, the information that was uh, circulated that uh, 62 people own more wealth than the bottom 50% of the population of the entire world. This year, it has changed. Eight people only own more wealth than the bottom 50% of the world uh, wealth. And if you go back, you'll see it's, each year is becoming a smaller number, owning larger amount each year. Uh, so that's a process which continues to gather all the wealth in fewer and fewer hands. And if you look at those eight people this year, because it's easy to identify by name those eight people, they're very familiar people, we all know them. Uh, Warren Buffet, Bill Gates, Carlos Slim, 
Mark Zuckerberg, or so on. Everybody knows him before he So it's not very unknown figures that there are some strange figures somewhere. So this is uh, worrisome because uh, if that process continues, world becomes as unsustainable in every kind. It's economically unsustainable. It is socially unsustainable. It's politically unsustainable. And I was kind of pushing it uh, a little bit further by saying already signs of that dissatisfaction among the people showing up in political space. Uh, and they are trying to find the, uh, put the blame uh, on somebody why their life is so poorly organized. Uh, they don't get any opportunities. In the USA, in the last election, this is kind of a common goal that they were explaining. That is all because of the foreigners coming in. They're taking away everything. Or a trade pack, your jobs are going outside. That's why you're so deprived. Or it's the Mexicans who are coming in. So the theme became sort of build a wall kind of mm -hmm. thing. Although this Mexican wall became the symbol, but uh, politically, they are building walls from all directions. So that's a kind. Uh, there's a it's a political way of exploiting the anger of the people by saying that this will solve your problem. If once we put ban on immigration, put ban on minorities, put ban on neighbors, and put ban on uh, trade packs, we'll be happy. They won't be. It's simply uh, exploitation of the anger. And the similar kind of thing was also uh, noticed in the, exactly the same logic, Brexit. Uh, this was not Mexican, these were the East Europeans. East Europeans are coming, they will take over, your, they are taking over your job, immigrants are coming. Unless we stop the immigrants, unless we uh, put the uh, flow of uh, people coming into our economy, we cannot improve our life, so we have to do that. We cannot stop them until we get out of the union. So the people voted for them so that you stay out of them. Again, I would say it's an explo exploitation by the politicians with the dissatisfaction. Today is being done this way, tomorrow, next year. How, what will the mechanism of that kind of expression of this dissatisfaction? We don't know. And what has happened in the U.S., what has happened in Brexit uh, is not limited to these two countries. Maybe the, it will be other expressions in other countries. Now Mary Le Pen becomes another symbol that uh, people are seriously talking about. Netherlands always had a problem. This election, they will another have a serious problem. Uh, so the idea is, what do we do to stop that process? concentration of wealth. Uh, so this is one picture that we have to keep in mind as we talk about it. And who is responsible for concentration? Basically, uh, one can easily say the system that we built over time, the economic machine that we built, that machine works this way. You cannot stop that. It's, it's not the fault of the people who are on the top. Simply machine is like that. It brings the wealth to you. It cannot stop that. So if all the wealth belongs to a handful of people, what are the billions of people in this planet are doing? Where is their place? 99% having 
And if you go below 50%, a fraction, a fraction of 1%, uh, so it looks like uh, the whole entire population of the world is dedicated as a mercenary to work for the people, to bring the wealth to them, because we are only doing the work job for them. So since we are only fitting into the jobs, no matter who does what, what business you do, it's all gathered in the process to channel the resources to the top. So we need to revisit the whole thing, that uh, should we let it continue the way it is and face the consequences, or we should be serious about it, how, where we go wrong, what is ne action needed to be done. If the system is flawed, the way it is working, then we need to fix the flaw. There's no other option. So that's uh, one picture that I try to bring up to you, uh, the, because it's, uh, to me, I'm sure uh, you feel the same way, it's uh, almost a ticking time bomb. Uh, as they go by, it will start uh, nearing the explosions. There will be minor explosions, there will be major explosions, and continue to that process. So this is one backdrop of the, what, we have done, uh, what we are doing. And in this backdrop, we talk about uh, microcredit. Uh, the reason that we talk about microcredit is because financial system behaves in a very strange way. Uh, if you express it one way, they work for only the privileged few. It, it doesn't really work for the people. And that's where the microfinance had to be brought in so that uh, you can fill that gap. But it's a small effort compared to the giant machine of the financial system. Uh, but it, 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 the, uh, the one that they have proved is that uh, it can be done because prior to microcredit, People dismiss it, it cannot be done. So why you talk about it? You can't lend money to poor people. It's impossible to get their money back. Luckily, microfinance has done one thing. They prove that you can lend money to poor people, you get your money back, and you do it in a sustainable way. That's a simple logic, simple example for that. And previously, it was said, oh, it can work in Bangladesh. It's a funny country. It all kinds of funny things. Now it's a global thing. It works everywhere in the world including it's working in the United States. We run the main program in the United States exactly the same way, the way we do it in Bangladesh. We do it the same way in the United States. They have not compromised on any single uh, part of it. And it works exactly the same way. It's beautifully done as anywhere else. So that has been proven. The point is, uh, if you look at the whole economy, financial services is the oxygen of the economy. If you take out the financial system, the whole thing collapses, it doesn't exist. But that oxygen is not available to bulk of the population of the entire world. So their economic life is dead, it's finished. So how to bring that financial services, the oxygen, the economic oxygen that people need to them? Unless we do that, uh, we, no matter what we see, what we say, uh, we will continue to have poverty, continue to have bad. And then people remind me that, look, you have been telling that the MDG goal of reducing poverty by half has been achieved in many countries, including Bangladesh, which we are very happy that we have achieved. And we are very happy that we achieved it two years before the terminal date, which is 2015. We did it by June of 2013, so which is a very significant thing for us because we are coming from a terrible poverty situation where more than 80% of the people under the poverty line Today we came to 
less than 22% under the poverty line. And extreme poverty is under 8%. So that's a long distance coverage that we have done. So it can be done. So you are saying all these things, given all those things, it's happening. And now the SDG goal, Sustainable Development Goal, that's number one goal, to bring poverty to zero. So that will be also achieved, and Bangladesh will be achieving it. We have a roadmap for that easily. We can see how its trend is, is declining, and we can hit the zero point way before 2030. So that's possible. Then what are we complaining about? We are having people are benefiting from it. Complaining is uh, just reminding the machine which produced this economy and created those property, and we make extra efforts to make happen to bring poverty to zero. Uh, if we do not um, look at the flaw in that system, that same system will crank up more poverty in future. Just because you came to zero doesn't mean that's the end of the whole world. So the machine keeps on functioning. So the moment you turn your head to something else, it will bring it back because you have not stopped the machine or not, didn't fix the machine. So that's the danger part of it. And it will be, again, a very, very uh, unwelcome situation because by that time, technology will make everybody know what's happening, who is happening, what. It's not something secret that we can keep. So more people know things about they will feel more anger about it. So that's uh, uh, the zero poverty issue that we do. But the microcredit has proven that it's under all circumstances, under all economic situation, under all uh, environment, it can be done. And it, it opened up something else, which uh, I have been pushing, uh, drawing attention to that. It has shown that millions of these women all around the world, whether they're in the rural areas, whether they're in the mountains, whether they're in the tribes, some distances, uh, they, uh, once they get this, financial oxygen to in their hand, body, they become active. And they uh, become economically active, turning themselves into entrepreneurs. So if you look at microcredit, this is not about job creation. The popularly known job it, This is about entrepreneur. Some people, since we are so absorbed with the idea of job creation, uh, even we try to bring the concept to the microcredit people. They say it's a self-employment. I said, there's nothing called employment here. So this is the wrong, top, wrong word that you are using to undermine the most valuable thing they have demonstrated. They have demonstrated that entrepreneurial power. Even an illiterate woman can take 1,000 rupees and turn herself into an entrepreneur. That is the beauty of the whole system. So millions of people, millions of women particularly, in remote places, uh, in all circumstances, they have shown Given, given opportunities, they can bring out their entrepreneurial power. And that's what drives the whole microfinance system and so on. We work in the Iran, the reason I mentioned that, because it's a very extraordinary situation. Uh, we work in the United States called Grameen America. We started in 2008. Now we have nearly 100,000 borrowers. We work in uh, 11 cities right now throughout the United States. We have 19 branches. So what, nearly 100,000 borrowers, 100% women, and repayment is near 100%, 99.5%, 6%, and so on and so forth. So it never fell below 99.5%. So that's the last 10 years result. Uh, almost 60% of the borrowers, we said these are all women, almost 60% of the borrowers are undocumented women. 
not only they are poor, they are undocumented, meaning they are current uh, immigrants or recent immigrants, uh, still didn't have any papers. Uh, people will, will hesitate even to talk to them. Uh, these are the women that we lend money with no uh, fear of uh, losing that money or disappear, these people disappearing. Only thing we fear right now is Trump. Yeah. <laughs> because they will be thrown out. Yeah, they will be thrown out very soon. And these are our borrowers. So this is the situation right now. So even if, if an undocumented woman not even speaking the language, they still speak the language where they are coming from. Each one has a different language. But we work with all kinds of people not even understanding who is speaking in what language. Uh, but it, the system works. Sometimes people say, how do you do that? You can't understand what they're explaining, what they're talking. One of the staff in, the, I mean, in America was explaining to me on that. He said, no, 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 that's not true. We understand. He said, uh, because you don't, under, you don't speak the language of these people. He said, no, no, we speak the best language in the world, language of the money. Yeah. They, they understand very clearly once <laughs> one bring it up. So that's the kind of platform they have built, the interactions they have built. Uh, the point that I'm making, if they can be an entrepreneur, uh, why are we having all kinds of uh, problems in the world of unemployment? Unemployment is not just in Bangladesh or India or someplace else, it's all over Europe. These are the countries supposedly, they have made it on the top. Uh, Spain has unemployment, youth unemployment, uh, in the, uh, about 48% right now, youth unemployment. Uh, Italy has 40% youth unemployment as a nation, but if you go south of Italy, it could be 60%, 65% south of Italy, youth unemployment. Not that they just missed the uh, job this year, they will get the next year, no. This generation that's coming, all this 48%, half the population without uh, employment opportunity, uh, they will continue to uh, remain unemployed. If there's any employment is generated, this will go to the fresh unemployed. They will, all the ones who are already several years unemployed, they will miss the whole thing. And in, the, in their literature, in their discussions now, the frequently referred word is the missing generation. This generation missed the whole thing. It didn't get into the system. So that's one of the threats that we continue to have, that the uh, unemployment. What I'm trying to do in Bangladesh situation in uh, uh, Grameen Bank, second generation, because we are 40 years of Grameen Bank right now. So those young people growing up in that system. And we help them to go to school, we help them to get education with the education loan from Grameen Bank. If you are a Grameen Bank child, you have absolutely ensured that you can go anywhere to have education, bank will finance it. So they have done that. They have taken money, they have did the graduation, they have become doctors, engineers, and all professionals, but no jobs, because that's a direction where everybody points out them, points them out. So I keep telling them, look, forget about the job. Job is a completely wrong idea. They are directing you in the wrong direction. Human beings are not born to work for somebody else. So I said, human being as independent entity, human being is a totally balanced person. He doesn't have to wait for somebody else to show mercy on him so that he can survive on this world. That's absolutely wrong way to do that. So in the beginning they didn't understand because they were always told that you have to get a job. Their parents told they have to have a job. Their school said you have to have a job. Their friends said you have to have a job. So they're all about jobs and jobs is not there. 
So I said, from now on, you clean up your mind, forget about job idea, that obsession has to go from you. Uh, you tell yourself, I'm, a I'm not a job seeker, I'm a job creator. And behave like a job creator. And think like a job creator. So it makes a lot of difference. If you're a job seeker, you feel small, you're at the mercy of other people. So don't feel small, there's nothing wrong with you. Think like a job creator, then you feel tall, because mm -hmm. you're the one who's creating things. You're a creator, you'll do that. And we remind them, look, if your illiterate mother in a remote village, not knowing the rest of the world, who probably never left her village in her entire life, that's what she is. She took that loan of 1,000 or 2,000 rupees or 5,000 rupees and started a business. And ever since, for the last 20 years, 25 years, whatever the length of time your mother is with coming back, she has been doing that and gradually moving up. And what's wrong with you, with all your education? You are looking for a job. What did your mother have? What is you don't have? I said, you, one thing you have, which is the wrong thing, education. <laughs> Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Because they destroyed you completely as a human being. You rediscover yourself, reconstruct yourself, and the best way to do that, go back to your mother. Learn from her how she did it, what were her thinking when she did it, how did she figure out what she would do with it, how did you figure out how to make her books so that she can sustain herself. Learn from her. You are the most privileged young person in the world because you have an in-house business consultant <laughs> who can guide you with a very lots of long experience and so on. So having said that, we said, look, uh, we have created this fund for you, social business fund. Come up with a business idea, like your mother did in her time, uh, and we'll invest in your business. We become your partner. We are venture capitalists for you. Venture capitalists minus profit part. We don't want to make any profit out of you. We are social business. We, we are not in the business of making personal profit. So all you have to do is to return our money whenever you are ready to do that, and you'll be on your way. In the beginning, you are not sure what kind of business they can do, but once some of them, 10 of them, 20 of them started doing that, others felt encouraged, exactly like the microcredit. One, one, one woman takes it, and it opens up the whole floodgate that every other woman says, I want to take it too. So similar thing happened. Now we have thousands and thousands of young people coming with business ideas. We keep on investing in them and continue to do that. So once you provide that facility, people don't have to think about waiting for the job. I said, human beings are not born to sit idle. It's not in history. We never did that. So if, if, you, if you have survived on this planet because of our enterprise, because of our capacity, because of the way we, our body, our whole mind is made, that we have to survive, we have to continue, and we are creative, and we continue to do that. So let's go back to the creativity part of it. I said, most in, uh, to make it uh, feel stronger uh, in them, I said, look, if you're looking for a job, you remember, job is the end of creativity. So you'll no longer be yourself. You have unlimited creative capacity. Job needs only a little bit of peace. And they take that and keep you, make you in small little robots to fit into some slot. That's what the job is all about. You are much bigger a person. Use your creative capacity and change the whole world. You have something happened inside of you which has the capacity to make things happen outside. So use that. Don't compromise. Don't forget yourself because you have one life to live 
If you are not using your creative capacity, that will be all wasted. So this is another one. That's how we create three zeros that are mentioning. The zero poverty, that's the direction we have to move. And in the zero poverty, I said poverty is not created by people. Poverty is created by the system. You fix the system, nobody will be poor person. And that's why I mentioned the economic oxygen that we talked about. You bring that up, people will be revived. People will, they have all the things built into them. Nothing, you have to do nothing from outside. So that's a possibility. So zero poverty is possible, provided we fix the system. And the next zero is the zero unemployment. Unemployment is an artificial concept, which destroyed the human creativity. So let's go back to the entrepreneurship. Once we, unemployment is created through the concept, creation of the concept of employment. Because you're looking for employment, that's not available, so you're unemployed. I say, in the first place, you're wrong to think about employment. You'll be thinking about entrepreneurship. You're an entrepreneur, go and do, get the things done. So that's the zero unemployment and the zero net carbon emission, which is a present situation with the Trump again, it became very, very risky. In Paris, we got together, all the nations got together, signed the document, we're so happy, we're celebrating. Suddenly this guy comes, he says, it's a hoax. <laughs> we don't know where to go now. So that's a very risky proposition, so we have to go back again in a much stronger way to say that one Trump cannot change the world. We are here, there, we will survive, we'll survive with dignity and with our, all our creative power. So these are the three zeros which drives it and we see how we can achieve. And I think wealth concentration can be addressed very clearly, and uh, we can discuss that. And first, you slow down the wealth concentration by efforts that we make, and then bring them to zero and reverse the process, because all the wealth can just cannot remain there. It's not uh, something which is uh, consistent with the human, the human society that we can think about. It's not consistent with that. So we have to find a way to make it happen. So this is a challenge for all of us uh, to address that issue. Thank you very much.